welcome to the Business of Betting podcast. Today I'm joined by a professional better Harut. Harut, thank you very much for coming on the show. The Business of Betting podcast is proudly brought to you by the Betfair Hub from Betfair Australia. No matter where you are in the world, if you want expert articles from pro punters, from building automated models to betting psychology, check out the Betfair Hub. Betfair.com.au slash hub. Gamble responsibly. Today, I'm joined by a professional better, Harut. Harut, thank you very much for coming on the show. Hi, Jake. Thanks for having me. No, you're welcome. It's it's a pleasure to chat. I'm looking forward to this. It's obviously ticked over into 2021, so hopefully we have a lot of uh, positive things to talk about, just given what many people have endured last year. But why don't you start out, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, sort of background, upbringing, how things have sort of worked uh, over the years to get you into the betting world. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been in, uh, influenced by you know gambling my whole life. My dad played a lot of poker when I was a kid, so growing up, I got to see a, a lot of the gambling world. I was always fascinated about you know poker and how it all worked. I understand um, that you know it takes a while to to get to where I am now today, but a lot of my childhood revolved around you know, concepts of making betting decisions, you know, thinking in logic, uh, making good decisions, good bets. And uh, I've, you know, I was fortunate enough to be involved around that. Uh, my entire family was in business. So applying similar principles to good business decision making, um, seeing, you know, the success that my family had in business helped me understand and develop the principles that, you know, are, are important and, um, vital to your success as a as a professional gambler so um when i was 12 years old uh we moved out here to vegas my mom's parents were were living here so when i came out here obviously you know i was exposed to even more gambling my um uh, grandparents you know enjoyed going to the casino and and gambling which was more for recreational but what really got me intrigued into the um, sports betting world was, you know, anytime, you know, there were any boxing events, um, our family would get together at my grandparents' house. And my, my grandfather, he used to enjoy, you know, placing, you know, bets on, you know, the underdogs in, in boxing matches. And we would all get together and watch the fights and, you know, cheer for the underdog as we were watching. And it kind of just gave me that curiosity that, you know, that I um, had as a young age to understand how, you know, everything was taking place, how how bets were graded, how, you know, outcomes were decided. And it was pretty much, you know, I was influenced it. And I was influenced by it and around it my entire life as a, as a kid. Did you ever think that you would, I guess, through those years as a kid that you might end up involved in the gambling industry? I think a lot of people that I talk to that do this professionally still even to this day you know they talk about at family gatherings or parties or whatever and people sort of say hey what do you do for a living and they often don't well they won't always say yeah I'm, I'm a professional gambler or whatever but growing up in Vegas and spending that time there has that made uh, those type of interactions far easier than potentially someone who's grown up in another part of the world or grown up in a place where gambling isn't the epicenter like it is in, in Nevada I mean, yeah, at first, especially when, you know, this was kind of 
you know, it wasn't pretty. It's it's not a career that you can comfortably tell people, you know, what you do because at the end of the day, not everybody understands it the way that you do. So, I'm not I'm not really sure what what people think of it as. You know, I can't I can't get a read off of people if they think you know it's a cool career or if uh, you know this guy's crazy, but. I, I, I know that, you know, over the past couple of years, I've, I've started to gain, you know, the recognition from at least my family. And they know that this is serious. They obviously see my success in the business. So it's one of those things where I've kind of already passed that point. But, yeah, it was it was hard for a lot of people to to understand that um, as I was making my way through this career. Um, as far as, you know, uh, thinking that I'd be doing this for a living today, I, you know, I don't think anybody really um, thinks that when they're, you know, especially as a kid, you don't really understand or, or know what you're going to do. You know, I was, you know, I really enjoyed playing basketball as a kid. So every time anyone asked me what I wanted to do when I grew up, I told them I wanted to be in the NBA. But here I am now betting, betting sports for a living. And I think the one thing that I can say is I, I, I do truly believe that your childhood does influence, you know, you know, what kind of, you know, path you take, you know, if you, if you're around that kind of, uh, that surrounding or that influence, I mean, it's going to increase the likelihood that you'll end up doing something related to that field in the future. What was your learning curve like throughout the, the formative years of your betting, whether it was as a recreational or, Moving towards trying to do it for a living and full time, did you pick up things relatively quickly? Maybe because you were in that Nevada or Vegas environment, or was it still, uh, you know, many books, many podcasts, many types of materials to to catch up to those that were doing it full time, uh, and that took you know an extended period of time? Or how do you view that part of your your education in the sports betting world? Yeah, like most people, you know, after the you know the whole. Um, you know, seeing my family and these betting these boxing matches, it, it kind of built, you know, my curiosity. And I, like I said, I always enjoyed the sport of basketball. So, you know, when I turned, you know, 18 years old, you know, I was able to open up my own online account. So I was like, hey, let me, you know, try this betting thing with my knowledge in basketball. And like most, you know, starting off, I thought just because, you know, I know the sport, I can, I can, you know, beat it um with my with my knowledge of the sport but over time i realized you know what i was doing what i was doing was not the correct approach because you know i was you know blowing my deposits away every time i'd make one so but i think the one thing that really helped me was that i was uh i was hungry to learn i was curious how i can beat the game because i knew there was a way and i was always i had a competitive spirit so it was never in my nature to give up you know the, the very few few times uh, in the beginning when I did, you know, burn through my deposits, it just, it made me curious as to how I can, you know, get the information or learn or do what I have to do to, to, to become sharper and apply myself more correctly in the betting space. So I did, you know, I signed up for a few forums, um, started chatting with other people in the space, reading a few books, um, trying to, trying to get, gain and absorb as much knowledge as I could. And I think that um, surrounding myself in that environment helped me, um, you know, go down the right path when it came to uh, achieving the uh, the success that I was looking for. Did you find that part of the process or part of your evolution challenging and difficult, or was it something that you just you love to learn the curiosity and gambling and gambling games and betting markets and 
all the information and, and the flow of money and things like that was, was an exciting thing and that the learning came a bit easier because it was something that you were passionate about or was it always something you had to grind your way through? Yeah, I think my passion definitely um, helped me, you know, get through the tough times because I, I'm, I'm a huge advocate of always believing and being passionate about what you do because I feel like if you don't have that passion in whatever it is you're getting yourself involved to, it's going to be a real struggle. You know, times are going to get hard in any business. And if, I feel like if you don't enjoy or at least, you know, have the desire and the passion to, to continue good work during tough times, then you, you, you won't be successful at, at whatever it is you're trying to do. So I, I wouldn't say that the process was challenging. Um, the success didn't come overnight, you know, but at the same time, the, the, the process felt natural. I was making mistakes, but you know, for every mistake I made, I would learn two things and I would overcome, you know, the, the, uh, the, the struggles from, from um, early on. Did you have a, a set plan or a preconceived idea of how you wanted to go about your betting? Or was it something that evolved and iterated and changed based on more experience and more betting? Because I think some people like the idea of, of originating and, and doing their own models and going that path. Others obviously do the top-down approach where they'll monitor screens and markets and, and adapt and react to, to that type of thing and use information to their advantage and there's plenty of other ways in between where you know whether it's you know the bonus type uh, activity whether it is arbitrage and, and so on there's there's plenty of ways to do it did you do all of them try some of them do one of them and stuck with it how has your sort of style of betting changed over the years yeah that's a that's a great question because there's so many different ways that you can approach the market you can be a great modeler you can have the top down approach um, you can work with other tipsters. You can do arbitrage betting where there's no guessing involved. So, I mean, putting that all together, I, I never really, you know, had a had a, a set plan on, okay, I'm going to be a modeler or I'm going to do the top-down approach. I guess, you know, through discovery and trying different things, I was able to kind of fit into a slot that I felt that I can apply myself most efficiently uh, um, use skill sets that maybe are innate um, stuff that I'm good at, like uh, using intuition, being fast, um, reading stuff fast. Um, that's part of my, uh, I feel like my my strong skill sets. Um, I I'm not so interested or you know passionate about the modeling side. Um, I just I just feel like I I'm more in my zone when I'm you know using the more trading perspective. So. I kind of I kind of just fit into that through kind of self-discovery. When I had first started off and I had um, joined a few forums, I was kind of sharing what I was playing and stuff. But all my decision making was based on, you know, qualitative analysis. I was, you know, really never on the quant side. I wasn't crunching numbers or things like that. But I focused on a few um, small to mid-tier leagues and I was just, you know, uh, putting myself in a position where I know that I wouldn't really need a you know, uh, an advanced model to find an edge. Um, you know, if you focus on smaller niches or mid-tier niches, you're able to find um, inefficiencies just by, you know, glancing at markets more easily than you would, per se, like an MLB or an, an NHL, NFL market. So, yeah, I kind of I kind of tried a, a variety of things, man. I, I found that, you know, where I'm at right now and, and how I'm applying myself fits best with uh, what I'm uh, passionate about. Interesting. So how do you spend your time? Like what's a typical week or 
or a month or a day look like for you in terms of splitting things up into what you do? Because it sounds like you might outsource some components, which I think is you know obviously a good idea for many people as well. Um, but what what do you focus on yourself? What are your strengths and which parts of your skill set do you want to make sure you're doing in-house? I think that ha- first and foremost, I think having a team is important. It's just so much always going on that, you know, it's a lot of work for one person to handle. And if, you know, I try to do it all myself, I, I probably wouldn't, you know, have any, any time off because the opportunities always exist in the market. But, you know, a typical day for me, you know, I, I you know, wake up early. I'm usually uh, working the morning shifts. I have one direct partner who um, him and I work together. We're the ones uh, monitoring the markets. So we have real-time odd software where, um, you know, we're able to see markets in real time and make trading decisions based on how markets are moving using technical analysis. So it's a, it's a top-down approach. Um, however, you know, in addition to making our own trades and decisions off of market movements, we also uh, have... Um, partners in place where you know we we work with them to to build models that you know are either proprietary to us or we share um, with them uh, to help make betting decisions and i think that you know it's been a great addition to us because when we first started we were just you know solely looking at the at softwares and and the market and making our own decisions but i feel like you know this game scaling becomes kind of a tough task the betting becomes an easy, easy thing. You know what to bet on, but getting the bets down it becomes harder than the betting itself. So, I think branching out and and adding additional resources to our team, and um, you know personnel that can help us make a, a dream team has, has helped us uh, expand our reach and and, um, and see more success. Can you talk about that problem that that does exist when it when it comes to knowing what to bet on, but being able to get the, the money down, obviously that's something that people talk about often or you hear described about that ceiling when it comes to, to betting and it obviously depends per market. But in your experience, how does that how does that work? Is that something that, that takes time and, and you know getting to that point isn't necessarily immediate or is it something that you've found that sometimes it can be very quick and you might think you have a, a good thing going and it's over well before the season is over or it happens relatively quickly? Yeah, I mean, the industry is kind of in a place right now where everyone's kind of adopted this European model of, you know, limiting players who are, uh, you know, capable of, of winning or beating their markets. So, I mean, it's kind of a tough position when it comes to the longevity of your, you know, your sports betting accounts. I mean, you're kind of forced into a position where, you know, you can't really rely on you know, hitting soft lines, stale lines into soft bookmakers because, yeah, the edges are bigger, but the longevity just, it doesn't, it doesn't sustain itself. And, and um, you know, we've adopted kind of the, um, uh, the skill sets to be able to be faster and quicker and, and bet into uh, sharper markets, places where, you know, welcome our action, such as, you know, like circus sports, um, you know, those kinds of places are you know home to me now because they give me the ability to to bet whatever i want whatever i see have value based on our decision making and not worry about you know getting banned but the industry has kind of uh put itself in a spot where you know it's it's really hard to feel like you know you're welcome to bet anywhere everyone 
kind of treats you like a, a criminal for you know winning at their sports book and that's been the toughest struggle as we try to scale our business are there any other ways you can try and scale it other than probably going to the the bigger markets or or trying to beat nfl sides you know on a sunday when the limits are highest are there any things outside of that that one can start thinking about or is it just something that you know is part of the the industry it's it's part of the the approach for bookmakers at the moment and you know unless you can get more accounts um then there's the obvious barriers and, and hurdles that will exist for anyone who wants to reach sort of the, the full-time professional betting sphere i mean uh, this past year I, I spent a lot more time trying to stay active on twitter meet great people um the social the social media platform on Twitter has opened a lot of doors for me, and I'm, I'm really appreciative of that. I think that you know where there is a you know a will, there is there is always a way because we've, we've we've tried to do as many things as possible to put ourselves in a position where we can acquire as many resources as we can to you know to make more bets and help also others uh, benefit off of it too. So. I spent a lot of time this year trying to, you know, reach out to guys, help them out with any questions that they have. And it's uh, thankfully led to partnerships where, you know, we can you, we can bet along with other people and um, earn money together. So, I mean, sometimes people be, are bringing us accounts that we can share and it, it has helped us um, at least uh, increase our uh, ability to uh, get certain bets down that we couldn't otherwise. What's the uh, the ecosystem like in in Nevada at the moment for people that want to take this seriously? Because obviously, you know, looking back three, four, five, six years ago, that was really the only place you could sort of set up shop, for want of a better term, uh, and, and do this if you want to be in and around the, the betting and bookmaking world. Now with, you know, New Jersey and, and Pennsylvania and plenty more states, Illinois, Michigan, so on, having sports betting and, and options there, Colorado is another one that's, that's nearby you. Are, are there really serious options outside of Nevada or is it still something that Nevada is the center of all the action uh, per se and then that's where you want to be? You know, I, I've, I've asked around, but I'm, I'm still yet to, you know, discover the answer myself because there's just things are moving fast and a lot of uh, different <clears throat> cities and states are catching up to Nevada. So I haven't really had a, a full experience to test it out myself and and be able to say which is better than the other. I mean, Nevada for the longest time has been the epicenter of betting, um, at least in, in the U.S. Um, but, you know, other places are, are catching up and it's giving me ideas to see what it would be like um, betting in other states. Um, I don't know if I see myself being in Nevada forever um, because, you know, with the landscape of, of things in the betting industry, um, anything is going to be possible in, in the upcoming years. Uh, we're still yet to see what gets added, what different states do, how, how the um, structure is set up everywhere across the United States. But as of right now, I'm still still calling Vegas home for now. I mean, if if anybody wants to um, start professionally, I wouldn't necessarily say Nevada is required as it was before, especially if you're here in the United States. There are plenty of options. Um, I just don't know personally how those other states are because um, I haven't tried them myself, but I am looking at a few other places right now. Interesting. Yeah, it seems like as things change, even like Circus Sports, who you mentioned before, I believe they're now in Colorado as well. And who knows, you know, in, in this time next year or the year after, whether 
there'll be more, you know, broadly across the United States as well as potentially other betting options for for yourself and groups like that who want to be able to to get more money down. So it's it's going to be one to watch, and I think it's it's funny because plenty of places around the United States you go, there's always some culture of betting in some form. Sometimes it's more of a local presence when it comes to the the old school ways of doing things. And I think now, as we're seeing more states come to life with sports betting and betting operations, you're seeing a few other spots pop up as maybe places in the future that'll be interesting from a betting point of view. I've done I've done a little bit of uh, you know research lately, so it's interesting that you asked that. But if I were to take a wild guess based on the research that I've done, I think Colorado is an interesting spot to me because uh, they have a good uh, diversity and variety of odds originators out there, and with the with sports books like uh, Circa being positioned there, I think that's it's a really good um, it's a really good sports book to have pegged over there um, for a professional sports better. Um, and I think that you know secondary to, to Las Vegas, I think Colorado might be an interesting spot for me, um, considering what they have to offer there. Are you finding there's more and more people moving up towards full time betting, at least in your you know interactions and building out your network and community of, of people in this space? Is it something that you see? more people are being added to or is it much the same as it was you know this time last year or the year before where it is kind of a set limit amount on the people that are going to be doing it and you can't just keep adding more and more people even if you know more states are going live and there's more betting and bookmaking happening in a lot more u.s states now i think that the uh, the awareness for the industry is um uh, definitely expanding i mean that's inevitable because now there's a bunch of advertising going on you know games are being you know professional games like for example in the nba are being sponsored by these sports books and they're mentioning player props in the game what the over-unders were so i think that there's definitely a lot more awareness but i don't know if there is a, a correlation between you know the awareness and uh ratio of successful to unsuccessful betters um, you know, regardless of, you know, how much one person knows, it's, it's still a tough industry to get into. And, um, I've met a lot of people in the, in the space, and I know that there are a lot of sharp guys out there. Um, but then there is also a lot of people who are just coming into the space and want to learn, which I think is, you know, a, a great place to start. I think, I think being curious and having that desire to learn and put in the work will uh, determine um, how successful certain betters can be in the space. Can you talk a little bit about bankroll management and capital management in this day and age? Obviously, with most people having more than one betting option, uh, if not into the double figures when it comes to different bookmakers and operators, you know, as well as partnerships and, and groups being formed and, and outsourcing certain things, it's a it's a bit of a different world now than it was sort of, you know, decades ago when people talk about those old days, it was pretty much, you know, whatever was in your pocket or under your mattress was kind of your bankroll. But now it's, it's totally different with just the digital economy and the way the digital world works with, with that sort of thing. How do you go about it in terms of managing your bankroll, trying to deploy it sensibly across, you know, different betting options that you want to have? Is it still something you, you know, find relatively simple and take good care of, or is it, way more complicated than that and it takes up a fair bit of your time these days i mean as as i think your operation gets bigger for example for us the more partners that we work with and the more accounts that we have obviously you know 
balancing everything out and knowing where you're sitting at with certain accounts, how much is is in one account versus the other and how much we've made in one sports book. I mean, it, it becomes a task, you know, it's, it's one of those things where Sunday nights, you know, after all the games are done, I'm, I feel like I'm spending more and more time each week um, trying to get it all right and organized. But yeah, it's one, it's one of those things where you reach a certain point, uh, you're going to have to set some, set some time aside um, every week to do your figures and, and see where everything is positioned so you can balance everything out accordingly. Um, of course, you know, if you guys uh, listening to this are trying to get into sports betting, bankroll management is obviously such a vital part of, of this business and you want to do it adequately. And um, the best thing that you can do is, of course, give yourself an opportunity to be able to um, shop different uh, sports books for the best price. And, you know, with with that being said, you're going to have to have a little bit of uh, money set uh, um, positioned across different sports books. And um, it's it's your responsibility to kind of try to gauge how much you need in each account. For example, if I know that, you know, my limit at Circa Sports, for example, you know, on, on a on an NFL game, if I need the liquidity, I can get, you know, fifty thousand dollars down on a game which is which is really respectable considering how the industry has gone so i'm probably going to keep a lot more money there than i am in any other you know sports book in las vegas just because i have the ability to to utilize it more effectively um so it's just one of those things where you have to be cognizant of how much your limits are um and probably set more of your bankroll um, in those accounts if they're if the limits are higher as opposed to ones that have smaller uh, limits so tell me about 2021 because you know plenty of people like to talk about a lot of the challenges that exist a lot of the hurdles and barriers to getting money down getting and keeping accounts and all that type of stuff but i'm guessing there's also plenty of exciting things going on with so much sport to bet on that's you know definitely going to happen and also plenty of bookmakers offering the the different betting markets is it something that that excites you that you're looking forward to getting stuck into, whether it's, you know, more NFL playoffs and Super Bowl through to, to March Madness and then baseball and basketball seasons, or is it still a grind and it's still, uh, you know, it's still work and you got to get through it? I think what excited me the most, uh, you know, when the pandemic hit in, 20, in, in 2020, um, I think it forced us to uh, be adaptable, you know, because, uh, you know, it's, it's in the beginning or middle of March and, you know, sports, the entire market go, uh, goes on a pause. There's, you know, nothing to bet on. And, you know, me and my partner talk, we're like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We decided, okay, let's, let's take a few days off, see how everything is going. Maybe sports will come back in a week or so. That didn't end up being the case. Um, so we had to look for other outlets, other areas where we can you know, find an angle or an edge and apply ourselves, this, you know, using the same principles of good value betting. And um, uh, we realized that, hey, the only thing that we can bet on is is table tennis or, you know, so where are we going to, where where can we find, you know, the information or the edge that we're looking for to be able to do this profitably? And I think that just having that that that, that characteristic of, of being hungry and, and, and willing and putting yourself in a position where you're, you're always looking to uh, do what you can to make the best of the situation is important. So I think, you know, transitioning from that pandemic uh, and, and learning how to be adaptable and going into 2021, 
the thing that excites me the most I know now that no matter you know what kind of uh, a curveball is thrown at us, we can always find a way to hit it. Uh, and I think that 2021, the thing that I'm most excited about is diversifying our um, our our portfolio when it comes to sports betting. You know, before we were just focused on the major sports like uh, college basketball, college football, and you know some NFL, NBA, and baseball, but you know, this, uh, this in 2021, I'm excited to expand into other things because I know that there is profitable opportunities everywhere. So to go back on that, on the question about scaling, you know, our business and finding it difficult, just giving yourself the, uh, putting yourself in a position to have a variety of opportunities across different sports and trying to find an angle or piece of information that can give you, you know, um, positive uh, expected value bets and I think that it's a great uh, way to um, uh, expand your, your business yeah that's fascinating because I've certainly seen at least from the outside looking in that the people in the sports space that no longer had sports to bet on might have been looking at things like the stock market and I'm not sure how viable that is for, for many groups or many individuals that typically bet on sports I don't know what the transition time looks like but it sounds like it's uh, at least worth considering for someone you know like yourself that, that is curious and hungry and, and wants to continue down that path of, of making money and good value bets. Was that ever something that you considered that was outside, obviously, the sports space? I think we, uh, we definitely looked at other options as well. I think the biggest uh, variable that kind of kept us from going you know, uh, too uh, deep into a different path was we weren't sure when things were going to you know, come back. So it was kind of, we didn't want to, uh, you know, pull money out of all of our accounts, go do something else, and then try to, you know, get out of a position, you know, if we go and invest in a real estate, for example, or even, you know, do stocks, one, it's a, it's a, it's a learning curve, I, I'm not a master of all trades. So it's going to be one of those things where I was going to go and, you know, spend a couple months to try to figure it out. And then, you know, put the money towards it. If I go and invest in a real estate, it's it's not so liquid. So I can't just put my money into something and then take it out when sports come back. So it was just about kind of finding a perfect balance. I think the, the one thing that I tried to make sure that I wasn't doing was not being uh, optimal with my time. I think I think that in, in situations like this, another big takeaway that I had was um, don't underestimate like the the power of investing time to obtain knowledge is as well like your money doesn't always have to be um you know uh working for you of course it's important but in a time where like a pandemic hits and you don't know what the financial situation is going to be like in any market i mean it's one of those uh, uh, times where like you you maybe don't even want to be putting your money into anything because there's just so many uncertain variables of a, a situation like this hasn't come up in such a long time and where you're like you're kind of hesitant to, to make any kind of commitment like that especially when you've worked so hard to build your your betting business up you're gonna you, you kind of want to think twice before you do something like that so I, I i learned a lot by you know reading books and and watching videos and of course i was listening to your podcast during that time i was taking long walks and what and listening to at least a couple episodes a day so it was one of those things where absorbing knowledge helped me during that time 
Definitely the best form of knowledge is this podcast. I agree completely, 100%, of course. <laughs> no, that's interesting because even, even some people talk about not necessarily stock market, but even uh, even poker is often one of those ones that crossovers a lot with sports or maybe not as much casino or casino advantage play or, or card counting and stuff like that. But poker is one, and I, I get the sense that perhaps things are shifting a little bit and maybe not in 2021, but I think eventually we might have a, a position where we have pooled liquidity for some poker games in the U.S., which might be interesting, especially if we get to a point where it's five, six, seven, eight different states rather than just you know a single state option. Um, that might be something in the future that allows diversification for people with you know skill sets to be able to at least look into it and then decide if they can you know continue their business that includes both sports and something like playing poker. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. There, I think having that in interstate. Um you know, pool would be, you know, really good for everybody involved. I think that, um, you know, operators, you know, these odds originators, they'll be able to, you know, maximize on their um, ability to, you know, increase their, or not necessarily increase, but expand their operation without having to um, extend too much resources in different states if they can do some kind of uh, interstate structure. So have you found much changes you know, over the last couple of years in the betting markets? I think one thing that often comes up is, is people having the ability to focus far more on derivative markets, at least as a way to earn money and things like half times or, or you know, first quarter, second quarter, you know, these type of markets that in the past you know, weren't liquid enough to worry about. But it seems like at least in the, the core four and, and maybe even college sports, you can spend the time looking into it and, and potentially making an earn out of it. But is that something that you've seen evolve or are there any other things that come to mind in terms of what's changed and what's different for you that allows you to operate your business, you know, more effectively? I think the biggest thing that I've seen since I started betting is that the market has become a, a lot faster and a lot of sports books have become more defensive. Um, so they're trying to put themselves in positions where they're uh, not going to lose as much money, but at the same time probably won't make as much either. The limits have kind of uh, been been dropping steadily. Like accounts are getting banned more easily. I, th- I think I think the market overall is getting a bit sharper just because of the awareness that we're seeing. Um, but I think for beginners um, uh, focusing on those derivative markets, like you mentioned, those are generally going to be a lot softer. But I mean, if you're betting a respectable amount. Of course, like those specific little uh, markets are going to raise some eyebrows as well. So I think uh, just having that balancing act between, you know, your action is what's important. We kind of ourselves try to mix it up. Um, Of course, we like to bet anything with value. uh, But I think that having um, that perfect balance of, you know, maybe not doing 80% props and 20%, you know, regular straight bets for the full game. Um, and just keeping it more balanced has helped us. But I think that the biggest change, like I said, that I've seen is the market's just a lot faster nowadays. Maybe that's um, with respect to more people um, being in the uh, in the playing field. I think with more players involved and, and, and more volume going in through these markets, the faster sports books are going to be to get to their numbers. What does that mean for you and your operation? Do you have to invest more in, in technology or software or data or these types of tools and different features that allow you to cope with that increased information? I'm guessing you can't 
manually look through Twitter all day and you can't manually, you know, look at odds for all the different sports books and you, you have to invest some time and money into either outsourcing that or finding ways to do it yourself, but, but far quicker. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I mean, just like sportsbooks can get faster, we can get faster too on the other side. So I think, you know, the uh, the trend right now is all about automation and, and having things set up so that they can, like certain processes can be executed for you. So I think just having, you know, uh, an auto, even just having a, a team that just focuses on automation um is important like my job my responsibility is to trade and, and make good betting decisions but if i tried to do everything as my business growed it would be hard but i can tell you that one area that we're really interested in right now is is automation and um having certain processes be be executed for us without you know having to do it manually ourselves because it just it's a lot of work to do that so i want to talk a little bit about non-betting stuff and just sort of the balance because i think a lot of the time people are very you know active in their betting you know in terms of like 14 hour days and you think of a college football saturday or nfl sunday or a you know college basketball some of those long days like it can get tough it's a real grind and the baseball season's a grind like a lot of these examples where it is it is tough to be switched on all the time do you have a a plan uh, around non-betting activities or you know, meditation or some of these types of things that have helped you get through an entire season, entire year, entire month or quarter or whatever it might be? Yeah, these are all important things that you're mentioning right now because it's, I, I you know, I asked a question the other day on Twitter, like what's one thing that you would like to improve on as a sports better in 2021? And a lot of uh, my followers are, you know, pretty sharp guys too. And everyone was answering, oh, you know, finding more days off, finding more time for myself. So it's one of those things where, believe it or not, a lot of people in this industry for a living struggle with, even poker players. I know, you know, if they, it's one of those where you can't, you feel like if you're going away from the opportunity, um, you're going to miss out. And I, I, I agree that you shouldn't miss out on opportunities. If there are opportunities there every single, you know, day um, at majority of the hours in the day, then, you shouldn't have to sacrifice that. What you should be really focusing on is building a team that can hold the ship together while you're away. And I think that that's something that I'm really thankful and fortunate about. And I would recommend for other people as they go from beginner um, to intermediate or pro uh, is to think think about you know, building a team. Have someone like a you know a partner who can you know, come in midday and, and take over. For example, as I said, I, I work the mornings and around 1.15, uh, 1.30 p.m., uh, my partner comes in and takes over for the second half of the day. And it's one of those things where it's, it's worked out really well for us because we get coverage from 5.45 in the morning until 8.45 p.m. And I, if I did that all myself seven days a week, it just wouldn't be sustainable. So when I'm done for the day, I, I log off, take some time for myself, you know, uh, have some lunch, get some kind of activity in, um, spend some time with my wife, of course. And I think uh, just having that balance and spending yourself some time on other things outside of betting is super important. It gives you that reset point, gives you that ability to refresh the mind and um, put yourself in a position 
where you can you can kind of uh, sustain this long term. And a few more points before before I wrap up my answer, because I, I I'm really passionate about helping new people come into this industry and do it the right way. Having having a partner, yes, it it, it you are gonna have to you know compromise and come to an agreement in terms of you know, sharing profits and things like that. But one thing that I can tell you is that this business uh, is not always so easy when it comes to, you know, dealing with downswings or tough months or even certain betting decisions. I think having a partner keeps you accountable um, to always make the best decisions possible and give you um, uh, that that perspective to, uh, to challenge yourself and say, all right, you know, I have someone that I have to, make sure I'm, you know, keeping my standard up for it. I want my partner to be, uh, you know, proud of my decision. So it, it helped. I feel like it's helped me perform a lot better when I started um, doing this business with my, my, my partner. You're just able to stay more disciplined, more focused, and, um, you know, it, success is, I feel like, comes more organized if you, you feel like there is a greater purpose. Yeah, it is an interesting one because it's often left behind in some of the discussions or you always hear about the glory or you hear about the high points and, and like you said, there's going to be low points and I'm guessing it's far better to endure those low points with someone else, not only from a capital and bankroll point of view, but I think just from an emotional point of view because a lot of the a lot of the good advice, unfortunately, around sports betting is is taking the emotion out of it, whether it's you know building a model and, and not having any bias or the way you're betting and watching games, try and do it as objectively as possible. And a lot of those themes around taking away the emotion and taking away subjectivity often doesn't match very well with uh, with other areas when it comes to sports betting as well. So it's it's an interesting point that certainly doesn't come up very often. Yeah, that's right. One last area I wanted to talk about was just having those downswings. And, and you know, it's easy to say like, oh, you have a downswing and, and whatever, but actually going through it and, and questioning what you're doing, questioning how you're doing it, you know, looking at your bank balance going down and, and comparing it to previous winning seasons and all that type of stuff, it mustn't be that simple for you. So I don't know if you've found any ways to, to cope through it, to you know work even harder, uh, pull back a little bit, take the rest of the season off or, or continue to you know forge ahead and know that the, the, uh, the variants will swing the other way as well. Have you found different ways to cope with that part of the, the business? Yeah, one. Uh, I, I, every time I'm, you know, we're going through a period like that, it's all. It's always important to never lose sight of the positive things that kind of got you in the position to. Uh, sorry, got you in the position of where you're at today. I think going through, you know, down patches like that, you the mind naturally starts to to deviate towards, you know, uh, doubt and um over over analyzing certain things i mean you can we can be doing almost every single thing right um in the trading room and making the the best decisions possible but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to lead to the best you know outcomes there is variance involved in this business and there can be variance involved in anything in life so i think just setting realistic expectations and and never getting too high um, over over a good stretch and not getting too low over a down stretch is, is equally important. 
Um, and I, I always remember I was on, on a walk one time when the, when the pandemic, um, you know, hit and I was listening to one of your episodes. I can't recall who it was, but it was, um, he was a mental coach and he always said like, you know, you should always set goals that you can, uh, you know, set goals that you can control. You shouldn't be setting yourself with goals that you can't control. So I can't really control how my profits are going to turn out for the month. So I can't say I'm gonna, my goal is to make 300000 this month or, or any, any other amount for that matter. It's just your, your goal should be, you know, setting stuff around things that you can control, things, things that are in your ability to alter. Um, and I think that having that mindset has also helped me a lot through, through tough times. Yeah, no, that's a good point. It's um, something to always come back on in, in terms of adapting those goals and making them, you know, challenging but achievable. But also, you know, like you said, you don't want it to be tied to something that, that is out of your control, especially if, if something like a pandemic comes along, there's no sports to bet on, then <laughs> it makes it tough. But one final one for you, and I certainly appreciate you coming on in the time. I wanted to just ask, you know, when people reach out to you, and want to chat about these types of things obviously you you know living in in nevada and, and working in in the sports betting industry it's it's a unique spot for for people to look up to and hopefully get to that point in in their sports betting career let's say what type of advice do you have for those people and if there are people like that out there what's the best way for them to to reach out and maybe ask a question or get your thoughts on some things that they're trying to do uh yeah my inbox is always open on twitter so if you guys have detailed questions or um you know personal like or sorry, detailed questions that you want to go over that are personal to your own betting. Um, you guys are always more than welcome to reach out. Um, I will eventually get to them. I do get a lot of those, but I'm more than happy to help at any time. But I think a general piece of advice that will be a good takeaway for you guys is, is if you're, if there is something out there on your mind that you're, you know, you're curious about or you're wanting to try, I mean, don't hesitate. Just give it a try. I mean, there, you, you very, uh, you don't have as much to lose as you think. I think that just wasting that time and not applying yourself immediately every time you have an idea, I think you are, you know, pushing yourself back. If there's something that, you know, you're curious about, passionate about, um, try it. Um, see if it works out for you. See if you like it. See if it can be, you know, something that you see yourself doing in the future. One thing that I always stuck by was never being uh, afraid of, of failing. Um, I always had the mindset of I'm going to do this and I'm going to try to achieve it. If it didn't work out, it didn't work out. But I think trying and applying yourself over and over again, you're inevitably going to find something that you fit into perfectly and you can do so um, uh, with great success and, and uh, apply yourself uh, to the best of your ability. Awesome. Well, again, appreciate the time, Harut. It's been fun chatting and I think uh, plenty of sage advice for those looking to get into the space, but it's also fun to catch up on some other stuff. So, Thanks for coming on the podcast, and I hope we get to do this again soon. All right. Thank you, Jake. I appreciate your time.